Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. And on today's episode, I will recap the TNF game, do a little bet busting, see how we did on our fantasy advice, catch up on news around the league, and end with some trades we'd like to see happen before the trade deadline. We'll start off with Week 8's TNF matchup. The Buffalo Bills improved to 5-3 on their season, while the Buccaneers fell to 3-4 in what can only be described as a competitive blowout. The scoreboard and box scores do not do this game justice. The Bills dominated this game in almost every aspect, yet the Bucks never gave up and kept the score respectable towards the end, covering the spread. Former Broncos punter Sam Martin will undoubtedly get overlooked in the mainstream media, but I'm going to give him some love here. He pinned the Bucks twice in a row inside the 5, and inside the 10 on a following attempt, which the Bucks turned into a whole lot of nada. The Bills' defense, outside of a couple blown plays, looked good overall. Ed Oliver ended up playing in this game and came away with one of the team's three sacks total. Terrell Bernard filled in nicely for Matt Milano in the middle of the field. He led the team in solo tackles and had a couple really nice pass breakup plays. The secondary did a great job for the majority of the game, silencing the Bucks' wideouts. Aside from scoring a touchdown early on, Mike Evans couldn't get much going and was held to under 50 yards on just three catches. As far as wideouts go, Chris Godwin was the main apple of Baker Mayfield's eye, receiving the majority of targets, but only coming away with 54 yards on five receptions and one touchdown. He could have added another one if he didn't lose sight of the ball on the Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game. Rashad White was the majority of the Bucks' offense. In the passing game, he hauled in all seven targets for 70 yards. On the ground, he had nine carries for 39 yards, averaging a respectable 4.3 yards per carry. The offensive line struggled in pass protection, specifically on the right side. Cody Mock and Lou Gedeke had no answers for Ed Oliver and the Bills' pass rush. They weren't helped out by the game plan either, however. They were left several times in one-on-one situations, leading to ridiculous Baker Mayfield scrambles and or sacks. A couple times, Baker had amazing-looking plays, resulting in near-intentional grounding calls that ultimately led to nothing. But sometimes, nothing is something. The Bucks' defense played a decent bend-but-don't-break game plan. Their red zone defense was impressive for the most part. Ryan Neal and Levante David were tackling machines, accounting for 27 tackles combined. Antoine Winfield Jr. continues to make a name for himself, by always being around game-changing plays. He tipped a Josh Allen pass that went straight up in the air and was intercepted by fellow tip ball master William Golston. This defense was without Vita Vea and it showed. Both James Cook and Josh Allen were able to take off for big gains. Cook averaged 4.8 yards per carry, resulting in 67 yards on 14 attempts and Allen averaged 5.9 on 7 scrambles for 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. This offense functions so much better when Allen is able to run around. 
Stefan Diggs was shut down for most of this game. He was held to just 70 yards on 9 receptions, most of which came in the 4th quarter. Gabe Davis had a big game with 87 yards on 9 receptions as well. His targets were more evenly distributed throughout this matchup. Dalton Kincaid had a great showing in his first start, hauling in 5 catches for 65 yards and his first career touchdown. Khalil Shakir also had a great game, bringing in all six of his targets for 92 yards. Overall, this offense looks so much better when Josh Allen plays freely like he did tonight. The offense and the defense both played well. Coupled with the Dolphins' inability to beat contending teams, the Bills look poised to yet again take the AFC East title. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Hey, welcome back. Next, we're going to get into a little bet busting where I hold myself accountable for the nonsense I spout. Here are the results of our straight bets. First, we had Stefan Diggs over 80 yards receiving, and he ended with 70. Close, but a miss is a miss. Second, we had Josh Allen to run for more than 25 yards. He ran for 41 and we hit on this one. Next, we had Latavius Murray to score a touchdown. He was inches away from scoring on the first drive, but ultimately did not, and we missed on that one. Next, we had Mike Evans over 60 yards receiving. I really wish I would have known that Chris Godwin was going to play in this game. I would not have stacked so many bets on Mike Evans otherwise. He ended with 39 yards, and we missed by a lot on this one. Lastly, we had Rashad White to score a touchdown. He almost scored on a passing play, but was just short, resulting in a Chris Godwin touchdown on the following play. Unfortunately, we missed on this one as well. Overall, we had a miserable night, and I went 1 for 5 on the straight bets. My worst night so far. Let's see how our 3-leg parlay did. So the first leg of the parlay was Mike Evans over four and a half receptions. He had three. Second leg, we had James Cook over two and a half receptions. He had one. The third leg, we had Rashad White over 25 yards receiving. He led the team with 70 yards receiving, but ultimately we lost this parlay as well. To be completely transparent, I used the no sweat bets for these parlays so I'm able to recoup some of my losses in this way. I suggest you do the same. Pair this with the win we got from at least hitting one straight bet, and I came away pretty close to breaking even. Let's hope for better results this weekend. Now, let's see how my fantasy advice went. My first sleeper pick was Dalton Kincaid. He had a monster day and scored 17.5 points. Good pick here. Next, we had Rashad White who also had a monster game and scored 17.9 fantasy points. Also, good pick. Lastly, I had Latavius Murray, who only scored 2.1 fantasy points. I am officially off the Murray train, although I will continue to root for him personally. And that will wrap up my bet busting. Now that I'm starting to settle into a bit of a groove with this podcast thing, 
I want to start adding some NFL news to our TNF recaps, which I've now decided I will post on Fridays instead of Thursday nights. Firstly, I'd like to address the injury to Scummy McScumbag of the Browns. You will never hear his real name come out of this mouth. He is the only player I have ever, and will likely only ever, root for to have an injury. It looks like my wishes were answered. It seems he cannot be forced to do something he does not want to do and will miss this next game. Boo fucking who. I wish the Browns would just release him so he can go flip some burgers and find out how the real world works. Until then, I'll continue to hope Indomitian Sue comes back to curb stomp him in a dick. Moving on, it looks like Brees Hall has successfully defended his role as the main squeeze in the running backs room for the Jets. Dalvin Cook seems to want out. We'll touch on this a little more in our Trades I'd Like to See segment, coming up in a little while. Josh Allen landed awkwardly on his shoulder in last night's game. He went to the tent for a little bit to have it looked at, and after the game he said, quote, I'll be sore for a couple of days, but we'll be fine, end quote. And I believe him. He threw the ball well towards the end of the game after the injury. With 10 or so days to rest, I'm not too concerned here. It looks like Tyreek Hill plans on playing this weekend against the Patriots. After missing practice on Wednesday, he was asked why by reporters and was quoted saying, quote, I just wanted some attention because my mom wouldn't talk to me yesterday. So I needed some attention from somebody. I'm good though. End quote. Now, I'm not too sure what this even means, but it's pretty hilarious. Lastly, in the news, we'll touch a little bit on the tush push. There's been a lot of talk lately about how unstoppable this play has been for the Eagles. Some say it should be taken out of the game. I do not reside on this corner. I really like it when teams try new things. Other teams have attempted to copy this play with little success. If it were so unstoppable, it'd be unstoppable for everyone and it is not. Jason Kelsey was quoted saying, quote, we've repped it a lot, end quote, referring to how often they run this play in practice. It definitely shows, and I wonder if more teams will be practicing this play and subsequently becoming more successful with it. I want to see how defenses can adjust in the future. For the present, it seems the best answer is to simply not allow the Eagles into short yardage opportunities. Easier said than done, I know. That'll wrap up this week's news segment. With the trade deadline fast approaching, I wanted to do something different and hopefully fun. Let's get into the trades I would like to see happen across the league. We'll start with taking a look at some of the teams who could be willing to trade some pieces away. First up, as a Broncos fan, I'd love to see a lot of our players either off of this team in the case of Jerry Judy or on a contender in the case of Justin Simmons. I could see Jerry Judy going to the Panthers to give Bryce Young a younger target to grow with. Justin Simmons is too good to not have a ring. I'd like to see him go to the Eagles to help on that secondary. I'm not sure if they have a spot for him, but Howie Roseman is a genius, and if anyone can figure it out, it'd be him. I think this would be a good time to shop Garrett Bowles around. He's not getting any younger, and while I do respect and admire the progress he's made, this team needs to get younger and cheaper. I'd like to see him go to a contender, 
Maybe move him over to right tackle and get him on the Bills, Bengals, or Dolphins. Cortland Sutton has been solid most of the time, but hasn't quite been the same since recovering from his ACL tear a few years ago. I'd like to make room for more of the younger, talented receivers on this team, like Brandon Johnson and Marvin Mims. A team like the Chargers could use a steady and available number two receiver, with Mike Williams being gone for the season. Now moving on from my team, I'd like to see Derrick Henry get a shot at a ring. Some fun spots for him could be the Ravens or the Cowboys. Devontae Adams is clearly not a fit in Josh McDaniel's scheme and should be shopped around to a contender. He's way too talented to disappear in the desert. The Ravens would also be a fun spot for him to land. Now Chase Young seems to be on the way out of the nation's capital. I'd like to see him on the Jaguars with Josh Allen. Dalvin Cook, as previously discussed, seems to want out of his current role with the Jets. If the Ravens pass on Derrick Henry, I'd like to see him slotted here. I could also see him on the Chiefs, because that's what they do. Now back to the Raiders, Hunter Renfro has already received the go-ahead to seek a trade, and for obvious reasons, he will most likely end up on the Patriots. I think it could be time for the Rams to part ways with Aaron Donald. I'd like to see him alongside Christian Wilkins on the Dolphins' front. Alright, that's going to do it for our trade segment and this episode. I hope you all enjoyed the game last night and are as excited as I am for this week's upcoming slate of games, which I will preview as always on Saturday. Until then, I hope you have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you next time.